You're listening to Biceps After Babies Radio, episode number 193. Hello, and welcome to Biceps After Babies Radio, a podcast for ladies who know that fitness is about so much more than pounds lost or PRs. It's about feeling confident in your skin and empowered in your life. I'm your host, Amber Brzezicki, a registered nurse, personal trainer, wife, and mom of four. Each week, my guests and I will excite and motivate you to take action in your own personal fitness as we talk about nutrition, exercise, mindset, personal development, and executing life with conscious intention. If your goal is to look, feel, and be strong and experience transformation from the inside out, you, my friend, are in the right place. Thank you for tuning in. Now let's jump into today's episode. Hey, 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 welcome back to another episode of Biceps After Babies Radio. I'm your host, Amber Brzezicki, and boy, am I glad you are here. We have such a great episode today because it's another live coaching session. You guys seem to really like it when I put up these live coaching sessions that you can listen to and learn from, and so we're bringing back another one. All right, so what do I have for you today? Today is a coaching session with Tiffany. This was inside of Macros 101. And the reason that I wanted to share this session in particular is because Tiffany struggled with something that I see a lot of people struggling in. And that is this idea that I'm a mess. I can't get this right. I keep trying and I keep failing. And, you know, I have, I get started with something and then I'm really excited. Then it spirals into this self sabotage and this the shame cycle, and I just can't seem to figure it out, and I'm just like a hot mess. And I hear this from a lot of women of feeling that very same thing of it, you know, a fitness journey being very defeating because it's like you set these goals, you get excited, and then it's just time after time after time you get beaten down and not feeling successful. And who wants to keep doing something where it's like every time you get started with it, you don't feel successful? And so in this coaching session with Tiffany, we um, do a lot of things about how we can redefine success for her. Um, We talk about self-sabotage and the difference between self-sabotage and physical needs of your body. That's a, this is a big difference. The, the difference between those two things. We talk about recognizing when a reverse is needed. So we talk about reverse dieting a little bit here and this idea of resistance and acceptance and how these two principles are really tied to your happiness. So I'm excited for you to listen to this coaching conversation with Tiffany inside of Macros 101. You get kind of a little insider listen to what it's like to either get coached live inside of Macros 101 or even just to sit and listen to other people get coached because for those of you who have been in Macros 101, you know that there is immense value in sitting and listening to somebody else get coached. And that's one of the reasons I'm putting this on on the podcast because when you listen to Tiffany and you listen to her questions and you listen to the coaching that I that I give her and the questions that I ask back to her, if you're really smart, what you can do is listen to those questions I'm asking and then answer them yourself and see what starts to come up. This is the beauty of the style of coaching and the different coaching methodology that I utilize. It is based on questions and it is based on Um, you figuring out the answer and you'll see that style and you'll see how I do it and how it provides so much clarity for Tiffany and how it can provide so much clarity for you, even if you're not the one getting coached. So without further ado, let's hop into this live coaching session with Tiffany inside Macros 101. Hey, Tiffany. Hey. How can I help? All right. So 
I don't really know how to word this either. Um, I feel like I'm just kind of stuck in a hot mess. <laughs> so yeah. I find myself going into the all or nothing mentality, which I know um, is like self-sabotage. Mm-hmm. But I'll get myself all psyched up. I'll get myself all like, okay, I'm listening to the podcast. I'll listen to the coaching calls. I'll do the modules and I get all you know revved up. And then my consistency just bottoms out. And so then I get stuck in that self-sabotage of like, well, I'm not doing it right. So, you know, I'll try again on Monday or whatever. And so then, and then I get stuck in that cycle of shame of like, okay, this just isn't going to work for me. So then I think, okay, maybe I should try something else. But then, you know, here we are six weeks later and nothing's changed and I'm just still in this cycle. So help. (laughs) Awesome. We can definitely help. Um, a really great coaching call. And I don't know if you've listened to it yet is the one I did last week was last week. Okay. Were you there? Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. So we talked about some really like really important things in that call. And one of the things that we talked about that I think is going to, we're going to really apply to you and and your situation um, is the, when we find ourselves in this cycle, that you so beautifully elaborated that everybody who's listening is like, yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah, I, I've been there too. <laughs> I know exactly what Tiffany's talking about. Uh, that, that very, very common cycle is like, how do we break that cycle? And one of the ways that we break that cycle is by redefining what success is. And this is where we can kind of kick all or nothing in the, in the butt and say like, no, I'm redefining what success is in a way that allows you to get started on that success path. Um, I think about it in terms of like a merry-go-round where it's like, oftentimes we like, we just want the merry-go-round to be like flying and like jump on and like ride the merry-go-round. But we have to recognize that like, sometimes we have to, we have to start with like just stepping, doing like the first steps of like pushing it before we can build up enough momentum to like hop on the thing. And that's where it's like, we redefine success. It's like, what are those very first step, little steps that we need to take that we can like start to build up that momentum. And so I'm curious if you realized in the past, what has your definition of success been? Um, well, in the past, I did a weight loss program that I lost like 40 pounds on. I did Optavia. Yep. And so, but I think in that program, I gained some toxic thinking of the all or like it was really all or nothing for me. I'm like either on the program or I'm off the program. Yes. Good. And so for me, I know that I have this all or nothing. And so I've really enjoyed being able to say, okay, like I can still have treats like in moderation or like we were talking about with a couple other people you were coaching where it was like, okay, I'm going to intentionally choose to have this thing. My problem is I give myself leeway, I think more than I really would want to, but I'll justify it and say, well, I don't like right now I'm getting over feeling sick. So it's like, okay, well, I don't feel good. So I'm going to get a milkshake because it will help my throat feel better. Or, oh, we're going last week. We went on vacation. Okay. We're on vacation. So like I'll just justify a lot and give myself a lot of leeway because I enjoy that because it's not this all or nothing. It's not so restrictive as before, mm-hmm. but I'm, I don't know. I'm not finding that middle ground. Like it's either I'm still in that all or nothing. So I'm like having a really hard time giving myself the leeway. And some days I can do it if I plan ahead, like we were talking about, but I find myself just stretching more and more. And I don't know if my numbers are where they're optimized. I don't know if I'm just too restricted. And so maybe I like, I don't know. And then I start to think, see, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm not doing it right. So (laughs) I shouldn't even do it. (laughs) Yes. Okay. Um, Those are all really good things. And you didn't answer my question. (laughs) 
So my job as a coach is to notice that and to push a little bit harder because you kind of, I think I know the answer, but I want to hear you say it. You kind of tiptoed around it. So I'm going to, I'm going to tell you what my question was again. My question was, how have you been defining success in the past? And in the past, I mean like this past week, not like four years ago. Okay. Um, then the definition you were, cause you told me you haven't been successful. Right. So I want to know what you are defining as success. Um, probably, you know, eating healthy, tracking what I'm eating and not going over my calories and protein and, or, you know what I mean? Like hitting my numbers. It would be, there, what we, I go. See. <laughs> there we go. That's what you were tiptoeing around. That, and that's, and that's what I thought. So, um, this is very, very common, Tiffany. And, and I know that you realize this. I'm, I'm not going to tell you anything that you don't already know, right. but, and for all of you guys, like, that's great that you're not learning anything new that like, you're going to integrate some of this stuff. Like you're going to hear me say things over and over and you'd be like, why does Amber keep saying that? It's because it's finally going to land someday. And like when it lands and it lands and you're like, okay, I really get that now. And what I'm going to say to you is this is very a common occurrence for people who come from very restrictive dieting in the past. And I would put Octavia in as one of those where it's very, like you said, it's very black and white. You know when you're on the program and you know when you're not on the program. You know when you're following the rules and you know when you're not following the rules. And it has created this pattern of, of like, this is the way that it has to be done. And if I don't do it this way, then I'm terrible and I'm awful and like off the wagon. And it's created this mentality into you. And so often when people have that experience in the past, they bring that with them into macro counting. And that's where I talk about this identity of the macro dieter, of somebody who has now taken that same mentality and yes, they're like, oh, there's like some freedom in here that I haven't experienced in the past. But at the end of the day, they still are defining success in the way that they've done it before, which is a very black and white. If I hit my macros, then I'm successful. And if I don't hit my macros, I'm not. Um, and so that's what that's what has it's kind of seeping into this experience as well. And it's tainting the experience because you're just it's the same costume. It's like, it's like, it's like the same, it's like the same wolf. It's now in a sheep's costume. <laughs> like hasn't really changed enough. Um, and so we can see that and start to recognize, Oh, okay. So that's what I'm doing. And that's why this all or nothing is rearing its head again is because we haven't actually gone to the, like the root of it. We had, we put a, we put a costume on, on the wolf, but like, it's still the wolf. And so recognizing that, uh, as we can move away and as we can create a new definition of success, it's going to help you break the cycle. It's going to help you break this all or nothing cycle, this feeling of guilt and shame and, and stuff that you're going through. And so we can say, I've been defining success as, you know, hitting my macros. That's been my definition of success. Could I change that definition of success moving forward into a way that like I actually can hit and feels like I can attain and feels like I can do it consistently uh, in a way that we can, like I, like the merry ground start to build some momentum. Mm -hmm. Okay. So what could that be for you? What could be a definition of success that feels attainable? It feels within reach for you. Um, well, on the days that I'm mentally there and like doing it, I can hit my calories and I can hit my, like I hit my numbers and I feel really good. Okay. I just end up hitting a speed bump and it depends on if it's like three days in or sometimes it's been 12 days in, you know what I mean? Like it's never the same, but mm -hmm. I'll hit a speed bump and then it ends up, sometimes it throws me off really fast. And sometimes it's like a gradual falling off, you know, and you're like gripping on with your fingertips. Um, so again, that makes me go back to, I don't know if my numbers are in the optimized spot. Okay. Um, what are your numbers? Let's go there. 
So right now I'm at 1,244 calories Mm -hmm. and, um, I think I'm at 110 grams of protein, which I can hit my protein because I've been starting to plan ahead and that's super helpful. Um, but I don't know if my calories are too low. I don't work out. I want to start implementing that. But again, I start to think, okay, do I need to wait? How many, how many weeks do I wait till I start working out? Um, so I get caught up in the, like, what should I be doing? And then I just like stall out. Cause I'm like, I don't know if I'm doing this right. <laughs> yes. Good. Okay. So I think we ha- we need to have a conversation, not just for you, but for everybody who's listening of the difference between self-sabotage and, uh, your body, uh, fighting back against starvation. Okay. So sometimes, um, I think the awareness around self-sabotage is really powerful for a lot of people. And it, and it helps like reduce a lot of the shame that they feel like it was a moral failing that they haven't been able to stick to something in the past and recognizing that there's other stuff that's beneath the surface, that it's not just like that they suck or that they can't do it or that they don't have enough motivation. And that can be really beneficial. And then I think there's this point where um, when we recognize we start self-sabotage, we start labeling everything self-sabotage, not recognizing that there are physical, um, our, our body is created in a way to resist starvation. And so recognizing that sometimes things that we're labeling as self-sabotage, an inability to stick to something, an inability to like, you know, hold on to things is, is not necessarily self-sabotage, but our body fighting back against feeling, not being fueled well enough. Mm-hmm. And, and knowing that distinction is really important because if we try to solve, uh, our body not being fueled well enough with like mental work, it's not going to, it's not going to actually solve the problem. Cause that's not the problem. The problem is that your body is feeling under fueled and it's going to fight back as much as it can to be able to get it feeling fueled from somebody. Do you have any awareness of how many calories you were eating on Optivia? Yeah. On Optivia, it was like way low. I mean, that's typically few- it's like. Like 500 calories. Yeah. Yeah. It's like really low. Yeah. Which is why I'm like, well, I'm eating more than that when I lost 40 pounds. So I've got to be like, it's still more, you know? (laughs) Yes. Okay. But you also now have an awareness and understanding that you probably didn't before about metabolic adaptation. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. Okay. And so for most people who are coming from that path of restrictive dieting, trying to even stay at 1200 calories, which is like, you know, 500 more than you were eating before. Mm -hmm. It's still not a fueled state for your body. And having been in that stress response for so long of like not being fed, it's very normal for your body to keep fighting back and for it to be working against you in not being able to stick to something. Have you done a reverse yet? No. Well, see, and here's my question is I haven't, it's been like four years since I did Optavia. Okay. And then what happened in between there? What was that? What happened in between there? What's happened? Um, I maintained my weight for about two or three years. And then last year when COVID hit, we moved right when COVID hit. Mm-hmm. And so, and then later that year, my husband um, had a big faith transition, which was super stressful in our marriage. And so we've just had a year of like really yeah. high stress. So I ended up putting on all of the weight that I lost doing Octavia. Yeah. And then I found your program and I was like, oh good, I can finally get this off. So, Okay. I didn't know. I didn't think I should do a reverse because I'd already been eating like way excess for the last year. You know, do you have any concept of when you were maintaining about how many calories you were eating? Um, no. And that's, so I started cutting when I was doing the five day challenge or the, whatever with you. Mm-hmm. And then when we started macros 101, I was like, well, I'm already cutting. So I don't want to like track what I would normally eat because then I'll go into that all or nothing and like eat whatever. I'm just going to go get a hamburger and whatever, because I can. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't ever really track 
normal because I don't really know what normal is. Like I'm either restricting or I'm like way not restricting. And yeah. so I never, I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. But I yeah. don't know how to figure that out. Yeah, I do. That's good. <laughs> good you're here. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I needed the coaching call. Thank you. I know it. Uh, yeah. Okay. So yes, reverse. <laughs> yes, reverse. Okay. So what is happening here? And, and, and we need to tease this out, but what I, I uh, think is happening here is, is simply that like we have never, I, and this is very common because people are like, but I was overeating for so long. Like I was overeating. And so then of course I should go into a cut without recognizing that if you have never gone through that reverse process and you just go from like under eating to overeating, it's not the same. Like your metabolism, like that's why you gained is because for most people, it's like, yeah, I'm eating 800 calories. Uh, then maybe when you're maintaining it, you're eating 1100 calories or something like that. And then when you start eating 1700 calories, yeah, of course you're going to gain weight, but it doesn't mean that your metabolism has actually repaired that you've actually like started burning more calories. Like it becomes this vicious process so that when you then go back down to 1200, you're still not creating a caloric deficit because we haven't actually taken that time to like get your calories up. And so recognizing that and understanding that again, it's like, this is not, it isn't always self-sabotage guys. It like sometimes it's your body trying to tell you, Hey, I need more food. And so for people who have this or struggle with going into the reverse mentally, um, the thing I want you to consider Tiffany is that you have already been eating more calories than 1200 mm -hmm. in the past seven weeks. Oh because, yeah, for sure. Because if you're eating, if you're going through like binges or you're going through periods of overeating, like your average caloric intake is higher than the 1200. Oh yeah, for sure. Which is why I didn't think I needed a reverse. Cause I'm like, well, I'm already yes. eating like crap. Yes. So <laughs> yes, but here's what the difference is, is it is different when you're doing it intentionally. Mm -hmm. It is, it is different mentally and it is different physically when you're doing it intentionally. And so Moving in that direction, I think a reverse is, is absolutely the next step for you. I think it's going to mentally help you to be able to get on track. It's going to help you to be able to distinguish between like the physical manifestations of not fueling your body versus like the self-sabotage. I don't think this is a, I don't think this is a, I don't think this is a self-sabotage thing. I think this is your body fighting back. Okay. Cause I have no idea what my metabolism normally is. Like I literally have no yeah. idea. Right. And that, and that is why we need to find it. So then do you just reverse up until you start gaining and then, you know, so I definitely go through the reverse modules because okay. I'm going to walk you through all of that. Not even look at those. Cause I was like, yeah. I got to be in a cut. <laughs> I know. I know. So it's, you know, it's a new, it's a new trajectory, but essentially what we're going to do is we're going to start adding from where you are and where you have been is likely not at 1200 calories. So I would start you a little bit higher than that. I would start you at like 14 or 1500 calories. And then reverse up from there. Mm -hmm. And you're intentionally eating that every day. And what you're going to start to notice is that those swings that you felt mm -hmm. of like restrict binge, restrict binge are going to get lower and lower and lower and lower as you start to intentionally eat more calories every single day. So your body is going to start to feel fueled and you're going to see those, that pendulum swing start to even out and kind of start to settle down. And what you're going to find for the first time in your life is where that, where your, where your set point, like where your metabolism is at, how many you're actually burning, how much food that you can actually get, be like eat and, and maintain your weight. And from there, you're going to be able to make much better decisions about 
how to get this weight off in the future. Okay. And I know if you're like most, you want it off as fast as possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it why came, when I figured my cut, I was like taking it as extreme as I could. <laughs> exactly. And isn't it ironic that by doing that, it's actually made it slower. Yeah, for sure. It. Right. Right. Well, and I so, can, if I'm like white knuckled, cause I learned how to white knuckle. I did. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, but then here we are. Right. Yeah. So it, so, it doesn't actually work long-term. Right. Question for you on the timeline. I know typically from like what I've heard on your modules, when you reverse, you reverse up and then you maintain for as long as you were cutting. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know what to do in this case where it's been all over the place. Like what would you recommend? Yeah. Typically I say at least two to three months of, of, main, of maintenance. Okay. After I reverse up. Mm-hmm. It may need to be longer. I sometimes it needs to be longer. Um, but I usually say start with two to three months, then we can do a trial cut and see how your body responds. And then based okay. off of that, we can either go into a cut or have a little bit longer at maintenance. But yeah, for those of you who guys have like, I've been cutting my whole life. <laughs> what am I going to like spend four years of maintenance? Like, <laughs> no, typically I say, let's start with two to three months. Um, it may need to be longer, but um, that's a good place to start. And then we can see how your body responds. So you're saying I need to go buy new pants then fine. <laughs> yeah. Well, and this brings us like full circle to what I said earlier in the call, which is that um, unhappiness comes from a resistance of what is. Mm -hmm. So to the degree that which you resist, what is, is the degree that you're going to be unhappy. And so what is, is like the size your body is right now. And it's not good. It's not bad. It's just like, this is what is, and you can either resist it or you can accept it. And the moment that you accept what is becomes the moment that you can start to change it. And so often we think it's the opposite way around. We think if I, if I hate it, if I ignore it, if I don't buy the clothes, if I don't go up in size, like that, it's going to somehow go away. And the opposite is actually the reality is like when you accept what is, because it's not going to change your body size is not going to change by like what you think about it. <laughs> it's like, not going to like, Oh, you want me to be a size six. Okay. I'm going to be a size six today. <laughs> what happens <laughs> is like, when we accept what is, then we now become powerful and can change it. I just thought if I could cut and like figure it out, I'm like, I'm going to figure this out. Then, then I'll be in the pants that don't fit me that are in the closet. You know, <laughs> you are, and you are figuring it out. This is, so what about, hold on, hold on. This is important. <laughs> this is you figuring it out. And this is what I said earlier in the call where I said, your job is to set the goal and why you want to hit the goal and then release what it looks like to get there. Okay. This is you figuring it out. It's just not the way that you thought it was going to be that you're going to figure out. And here's right. the secret. It rarely is. Okay. Um, <clears throat> Thanks. What about um, introducing exercise where I'm not an exerciser, but I'd like to get there because ultimately my goal is to lose the body fat and also gain muscle. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not an exerciser. So if I'm going into a reverse and then main- maintaining, like doing maintenance, at what point would you say it's okay to start introducing the exercise? Today. Okay. Yeah. And we're going to, st- we're going to shift that because, um, I am not an exerciser is an identity. And when we, an identity is something that is permanent and unchangeable. And that is changed. You don't currently exercise yet. Correct. Do you see how, when I shift from, I'm not an exerciser to, I don't currently exercise yet. That gives you more power and control in like what happens next. Yeah. So I always say like, whatever you say after the words I am is very powerful. Be careful of what you say after that. I am a procrastinator. I am type A. I am, 
what a dieter, I like whatever you say after that is really, really important. So make sure that it's aligned with what you want to create. So we change, I am not an exerciser to, I don't currently exercise, but I could in the future and I could start that today. So to answer your question today, you can start that. Absolutely. Start that today. Um, now I will, I do encourage you to, um, make sure that we are not bringing the all or nothing mentality into exercise as well. And so we start with a a very slow, like layering. Okay. So it's like, I don't want you to go from zero exercise to like five days a week, an hour in the gym, you know, five mile run on Saturday. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So think the word I'm going to use for you that I want you to remind yourself of is titration. How do we titrate it? Start out slow. Like maybe today is like you do a 10 minute walk. Okay. And and now guess what? You do that 10 minute walk and now you're an exerciser. (laughs) It's amazing how that happens. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) One little shift and now you're an exerciser. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Um, And that can be a powerful identity for you to hold is. So here's, here's a trick for you guys to use in your own coaching. So I want to pass on as much like coaching information as I can to you guys um, is that whatever you say as an identity is, is I actually have a pyramid. I don't know where it is. It's in my PowerPoint somewhere, but there's a pyramid. And at the very top is the identity. It is the, um, the deepest, the most unchanging part of who we are below that are things like beliefs. Um, below that are things like actions, uh, skills, capabilities, things like that. If we hold an identity that doesn't align with the goals that we want to set, like, for example, for Tiffany, I am not an exerciser. That's not a, that's not an identity that aligns with the goals that you have set. Correct. 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 So that's something that we want to bring down those. They're called logical levels. We want to bring down the logical levels. So what we can do is we can shift it from, I'm not an exerciser to, I don't currently exercise yet. See how that's a behavior, not an identity. Okay. Mm -hmm. And behaviors are much more easily changed than identities are. Right. Um, And so if anything, if we find any identities that aren't aligned with the goals that we want to set, what we can do is we can bring them down the logical levels and create them from an identity to a behavior. I don't exercise yet. Now, on the converse, anything that we want to move, any identity that would be helpful for us to be able to achieve the goal. So in your case, I am an exerciser, right? We can take it from a, I go for a five minute walk, which is a behavior or an action. And we can move it into an identity, which now makes me an exerciser. So do you see how I do that? We can take, we can move down the logical levels, identities that don't support the results we want to agree. Mm-hmm. We can move up the, the logical levels for identities that we want to hold on to. Okay. That's something that you guys can do for yourself in your own life of starting to recognize um, behaviors and identities and create and, and move up or down versus are those things that you are going to be supportive of the goals that you have set for yourself. Would that be the same as saying something like I'm addicted to food or I'm addicted to sugar? Yes. Okay. Yes. Because see, it's like that I am, it's an identity mm-hmm. or, or like I am an addict. Right. So that's like an identity versus like, uh, I feel addiction to food or I overeat a lot. Those are behaviors and are much behaviors are more easily changed than identities. Okay. And so by, by saying like, this is my identity, it, it creates a, like a, an unchangeableness to it. I'm a perfectionist. so. That's it. I'm just a perfectionist. <laughs> like it's unchangeable. Whereas when we say like, I have perfectionistic tendencies, it's like, it's, it already feels, you already say that it's like, already feels yeah. like, Oh, 
yes, I default to that, but it doesn't mean I always will in the future. Right. Whereas an identity is more unchanging. So we can use that to our advantage in how, what identities we choose to hold and what identities we can move down the logical levels into more behaviors. Okay. Okay. One more question for you. So if I start exercising small <laughs> titration, you but I'm reversing, I yeah. become an exerciser. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm reversing. What if I, this is so dumb, but what if I start losing weight? But I, because I'm exercising, but then I'm like reversing up. What do I do? <laughs> keep going. Okay. You keep, adding, you keep adding calories. So that I'm not losing weight. Mm-hmm. Okay. I know it's, it's like goes against everything that you like feel in your body right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go binge the reversing okay. yeah. um, module. I have no idea what to do. <laughs> yeah. That'll help you. Um, you know, knowledge is really powerful in helping to be able to calm some of those fears, but they're still going to come up. And that's okay. okay. We, can, we can still walk you through all of that stuff, but that knowledge is going to be really powerful for you to understand like what's coming and, and things to expect. Cause there are just general mile markers that are to expect during the, the reverse that I walk through okay. in those modules. Okay. Okay. Awesome. Thanks. Sounds good. Thank you. What did you think? If you're like most, you probably got something out of that coaching conversation that maybe you didn't even know that you had a question about, or you didn't even know that you were wondering about. And to me, that is the value of group coaching is being able to hear other people ask questions that you didn't really think to ask yourself. But when you hear the answer, you realize that's what you needed all along. So I hope that you got something out of this coaching episode. If you are interested in getting coached by me inside of Macros 101, Go to bicepsafterbabies.com forward slash waitlist to get on the interest list for Macros 101. We will be opening doors for our spring session shortly, and we have a lot of fun things happening leading up to that opening of doors, including confidence in your numbers that I talked about at the beginning of the podcast. So if you want to get started now and you're like, I want to start now, Amber. I don't want to wait until the end of March when Macros 101 opens. I highly recommend confidence in your numbers. If you're a heck yes for Macros 101, confidence in your numbers is a no-brainer because we allow you to apply what you pay towards confidence in your numbers to Macros 101. And we're doing something special this year that we've never done before. We're giving you something special tomorrow during the live class. So if you are heck yes. And you want to come in macros 101, you want to get coached like I did with Tiffany on this episode, go to bicepsafterbabies.com forward slash confidence to get into confidence in your numbers and be able to apply that into macros 101. That wraps up this episode of biceps after babies radio. I'm Amber. Now go out and be strong because remember my friend, you can do anything. Hey friend, have you heard the news? We have a Biceps After Babies Radio insider list. If you love Biceps After Babies Radio, you don't want to miss a thing. Head to bicepsafterbabies.com forward slash insider to join the group. You'll be the first to know all things about the podcast, see some behind the scenes and get special messages from yours truly. We want to make this a special community for those who are fans of the podcast. And last, did this episode particularly resonate with you? If so, will you please share it? Either send the link to someone who would find it valuable or take a screenshot and post it to your social media and tell your family and friends why they should listen. 
Make sure you tag me at Biceps After Babies so I can hear your feedback and give you a little love. And you know, if you aren't already following me on Instagram or Facebook, that's the perfect time to hit that follow button. Thank you for being here and listening to Biceps After Babies Radio.